0: Welcome back to the Anxious Millennial podcast, where I, your host, Alexandra Vincelli, explore everything mental health related and interview both millennials and non-millennials about their self-care and entrepreneurship journeys. Happy International Women's Day. Here we are again, March 8th, and welcome to the Anxious Millennial. So today I'm super excited. We have a very fitting episode entrepreneur, board member, founder of multiple businesses, advocate for equitable business practices, and social disruptor, Lara Emmond is nothing short of impressive. Today, she's a guest on The Anxious Millennial to talk none other than feminine health. And her latest baby, Iris and Arlo, a social and environmentally focused impact brand created for menstruating people, a catalyst to change, Lara's mission with Iris and Arlo is to deliver products that are safe from any of the typically harsh ingredients normally found in feminine hygiene products. She definitely gave me a lot to think about. And as they say, knowledge is power. So let's take a deeper dive on this as we welcome Lara Emmond to the Anxious Millennial. Lara, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Alexandra. Thank you very much for having me. I'm actually extremely excited to be here and to share this conversation with you.
0: The pleasure is all mine, Lara, and I know we're both busy gals. So the fact that we're here together collaborating today makes me very happy as well. So because I know you are very busy, I'm going to jump straight in and ask you, Lara, what is your word for 2023 and why?
1: My word would be courage. To basically have the courage to go after your dreams, but also to take risks. Um, Because often those dreams are scary and you kind of hesitate. Um, And especially I feel as women, we often doubt ourselves even more than our counterparts, uh, our male counterparts. And basically, for me, courage is really the word for 2023 to just say, you know, go ahead there's, you're not going to fall. And if you fall, it's okay, you'll get back
0: Mm, on your feet and
1: go after uh, those goals you have for yourself.
0: Oh, I love that courage is such a fantastic word. And it means so many different things to different people. So to me, like the, the biggest challenge with courage is the voice of doubt that often comes in what do you do Lara to, to challenge that that voice of doubt that sort of tries to knock down the confidence I mean you're so highly accomplished that to me it's like oh there she must never get that voice of doubt but <laughs> I suppose we all get it so how do you how do you manage that voice
1: I think it's Kind of a love-hate relationship that I actually have with that voice. I've obviously been able to tame it uh, with a lot of uh, self-reflection, but also challenges I've given myself. But often, I'll kind of answer back to that little voice by saying, "You know what? I'm still gonna go ahead. You're not gonna be stopping me of basically doing what I want to do and to be my full, po- to realize my full potential."
0: Yeah, that voice of doubt is a pretty powerful one. But I think with practice, if you keep talking to it or not even acknowledging it, sometimes it's even better, right? It just sort of fades away into the dark abyss. And because it's International Women's Day when, let's be real, it's International Women's Day 365 on 365. But just thinking of you know all the things that we just talked about and in light of your mission, you know, how do you feel about International Women's Day?
1: mixed feelings uh, at this point in the sense that I feel those days are very important to actually get sometimes initiatives off the ground to uh, speak or to have important discussions that otherwise during the rest of the year we're kind of pushing them aside or forward and not necessarily addressing um, those different subjects that are extremely important Um, then I think there's a lot of good often that comes out of those days, the initiatives that are put forward may be by individuals, nonprofits, or uh, companies. That being said, you always need to be super, super careful. And especially for a business to not be doing some greenwashing and that the actions or the projects that you're putting forward are actually genuine and that you're not just going to be doing it to be able to post a nice photo on social media uh, during the this to di- like the this specific day and then afterwards, during the rest of the year, you're not going to be doing anything. So I think it's a, a delicate uh, balance, but you've said it extremely well, Alexandra, it should be all year round International Women's Day.
0: Thank you so much for bringing up the authenticity piece. I think, you know, genuinely speaking, I, I think companies do try their best. I don't think we're quite at the space where we need to be. I think a lot of it is, and I love the word greenwash and and it absolutely, I think a lot of companies leverage it as a day to, you know, bring up some, some of their clicks and some website visits. And I do think on the flip side, you're absolutely right. That there's the opportunity there for initiatives to really gain some traction again with authenticity. if, If the company's values align with the day, then I think that's wonderful. If they don't, then, you know, there is sort of that disingenuous quality to, um, to some of the content that we see that day. So yeah, definitely. Um, as we're ingesting content today, just something to be aware of. And speaking of business and, you know, on the entrepreneurship track, um, you know, there are days when you're an entrepreneur that are wonderful days that are not so much. What do you think Clara is the best thing about being an entrepreneur?
1: Definitely building a team. Um, So for me, entrepreneurship is first and foremost a human adventure in the sense that any business, any project uh, is always done by people coming together and wanting to accomplish uh, something together. So on a daily basis, it's really all those encounters that I have, may it be with external partners, new people we meet. Or simply with the people in my team um, with which I have the opportunity to basically evolve, to grow. Um, We push in a very positive way each another uh, to become a better version of ourselves. So that's definitely the most rewarding element and to be able to basically entrepreneurship is also just a challenge after a challenge. So to be able to actually find solutions and sometimes you're kind of, in front of that huge mountain and you kind of wonder, okay, how am I, how are we going to find a solution, going to climb that mountain? And often you're able as a team to basically pull resources within yourself or outside or true creativity that you didn't even know you had. And it's definitely the most rewarding thing, but also the, the element that keeps me going and that I look forward to uh, when I wake up each morning.
0: It really makes me happy when I hear a leader and an entrepreneur acknowledge that it takes a village um, and that their community is there collaborating alongside of them every step of the way. So thank you for that, Lara. I think sometimes optics, when it comes to what entrepreneurship truly is, is this solo mission, up late, up early, alone, grinding away, and that's in actuality not at all what it is. A business is... A whole team of people at work ensuring that the business is running smoothly so i deeply appreciate that and when you think of your community what resonates what comes up for you because for me when i think of this amazing mental health community i i get just complete and total joy
1: wow um so many things so i've always been very much involved in my community uh and i feel that i'm extremely uh lucky Uh, then I also hear uh, other people say, Oh, you're not lucky you created your luck. And well, that's a whole other debate. Um, but basically when I think about community, I really think about the fact that we're not individuals living on our own. We're really, we really need to look at it in a holistic way that basically without one another. And it doesn't matter what the role of each person is, we are interdependent and we need to acknowledge that and to be conscious of that and to take care of the others, but also take care of ourselves if we wanna be able to give back. And I really think that basically what comes around goes around. So what you put in your community, you're also going to, in a certain way, get like get back and it's just kind of a turning wheel so for me the community aspect um, is extremely important as much with Iris and Arlo um, the fact that with the business we give back products to people that are um, in menstrual precarity um, but also I've been involved since I'm a child almost so since primary school Um, by in my community I've been doing volunteering on different committees with different organizations and I feel it's a privilege to be able to do that but also something that if you are in a position to be able to give of your time you should be giving some of your uh, of your time and your energy and in the end you always get so much back
0: you do get it back and there's something really important I want to pick out on what you said of course in relation to community but that's the element of luck i've always been really fascinated by luck and how i feel it needs to intersect with timing and preparation and opportunity and community so thank you for bringing that up because i think it really takes a special alignment of stars for uh, people to be set on their journey to success and speaking of a journey to success, can you bring us back into time a little bit and walk us through what Iris and Arlo is to you?
1: Yes. Um, so with Iris and Arlo, um, it's an adventure that started over a year ago. Um, and I never, never expected to be launching a sustainable period care business. Um, I'm not particularly fan or obsessed with periods or tampons or menstrual underwear and whatnot, but basically it was all an adventure that happened when I simply took a box of uh, period pads and kind of was looking for the ingredients. And I was extremely surprised to not find the entire list of ingredients on the box. So I've been brought up to always look at what are you putting on your body, in your body? What are you eating? What are the ingredients? And if you're not able to understand the list of ingredients, maybe you shouldn't be (laughs) consuming uh, that said product. So I was kind of initially I kind of thought, oh, um, must be a mislabeling or something. Um, And then I took other boxes of products and I was facing the same issue. Um, So there would be some items. So for example, oh, this is made of cotton or other elements. But then there wasn't a complete list. So I simply did a good old Google search to find that basically the legislation is extremely Um, gray and companies don't necessarily have the obligation to include the entire list of components in the products Um, and then afterwards uh, I kind of I guess fell in a rabbit hole and discovered studies that took the major brands and discovered that 20 to 30 different chemicals and toxic uh, elements have been found in their products. And two of those are amongst the 10 most dangerous ones, Um, so carcinogenics uh, and others that basically are endocrine disruptors. So that really got me and I was extremely concerned. So I continued searching and then afterwards, I quickly understood that the reason those products were so harmful was the fact that the majority of them are made of plastic. Basically, in addition to the health, the negative health impacts that they have, there's also the environmental impact. So just to give you an example, Alexandra, the traditional pad will take up to 800 years to decompose. So if you take in consideration that a person with periods uses throughout its life 11,000 different products, and that's considering that the person has access to those products, the impact is huge. So I kind of, fell off my chair when I was going through all of that documentation and kind of surprised and angry that I didn't know all of that. And yet I consider myself an informed citizen. So I basically started searching for a brand that was good for your health, that had a less negative impact on the environment. And that was also designed that was also something that would be uh, nice uh, on your counter in the in the washroom or that would simply be practical and not something with flowers or like pink and i just started searching on the internet for a canadian brand and couldn't find one so that's when i decided that we would start Iris and that we would build that brand from the ground up
0: i'm just letting that sort of wash over me thank you lara for for sharing that. I there's so much there to unpack and I think there's a level of fittingness to you being on the Anxious Millennial on International Women's Day. And I appreciate you creating safety around the topic of periods. I think there's a lot of stigma and or shame still surrounding the topic. So I really appreciate the matter of fact quality to you talking about your mission. And the other thing is I am alarmed. Um, I'm not trying to be an alarmist, which is something completely different. An alarmist is someone who exaggerates um, just how impactful something is. I am not being an alarmist. I am genuinely alarmed because I still think there is a high level of volume of a lot of these products that are available on shelves today. Um, I don't know much on the research, but it feels like there's still some work there to be done. That's just my sense. How, let me turn it to you, Lara, how alarmed are you right now at the, um, at the product offering and at at what's available on shelves for, for us at the moment, because there's definitely a conversation that still needs to be had around this and I don't think there is enough um conversation happening at the moment about this
1: i would like to say that we shouldn't be uh alarmed or anything yet i find that each day we just open any newspaper or go online and i have the impression there's a recall on different products or there has been analysis on xyz element may it be medical or in beauty And that's a whole other subject. I feel beauty and skincare, for example, is even less regulated. So I think there's probably, I'm not a specialist in beauty uh, per se, uh, but I think there's a lot of elements there to uh, uncover. Um, But I do feel that as consumers, we do have a need to basically dig and ask questions. And we have the right to know what we're buying, from whom, and what are we putting on or in our body. Um, And to also ask our governments uh, to basically put legislation in place that will protect not only us as consumers and basically as human beings, but also our environment to ensure that the products, especially products that are single-use products, uh, do have a less um, a, a smaller environmental footprint. And in addition to that, I would also say we would ne- we need to push our governments to increase, uh, may it be grants for taking on reusable products or simply um, encouraging companies to go uh, and implement circularity within the products that they develop. So I do think there's a lot of progress that's being done, but still not enough. And I feel that unfortunately it's us as consumers that do need to uh, often make that push. And we do have our say and probably way more power than what we, uh, we imagine.
0: We absolutely do have power. I think we underestimate, like you said, very much so how much power we have. And this is not to sound anti-establishment, but this is, this is such a huge topic. And yeah, there's missing legislature on a lot of this, not to mention the environmental impact and the first word that comes to mind, just as I'm listening to you, Lara is complacency. I mean, this is, this is complacency at its finest. Uh, you know, as, as, as an educated public, we have to dig deep into what it is that we are ingesting and what is the footprint that we are leaving behind. It's, we are no longer in a position not to do that anymore. So I sound indignant and that's because I am, but there's so much there that I I I even think I, you've, you've compelled me to just want to do more research, but thank you so much for sharing that. And just with the, the profound responsibility that I know you must have on your shoulders, you know, how do you take good care of yourself? Because this is, this must feel heavy at times to you. It feels heavy to me. So I, I can only imagine what this level of responsibility feels like to you. So how do you take good care of yourself as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely a huge responsibility, but at the same time, um, and I guess I, I always see life uh, on uh, on the positive side, and the glass is always uh, half full uh, for me, so um, yes, it's a heavy responsibility, but at the same time, I'm not alone in this, in the sense that what we're looking to do and what we're actually doing at Iris & Arlo is really to create a movement, so to create awareness. And already we have over 115 different businesses that have said, yes, we're embarking and we want to make a change. And I do believe just seeing that little trickle-down effect that we've been able to accomplish in such a short period of time that we're going to be able to make a positive dent in that industry. And I do feel that with that afterwards, major players are obviously going also uh, to adopt that direction. And we're already seeing it in so many industries. Um, So yes, it's a big responsibility. But at the same time, uh, I feel that it's still a team effort with different partners and everybody that's embarking in the movement. Um, And to get back to your question, um, how do I really take care uh, of myself? Um, Well, you've probably seen it or heard it. Um, I'm a little bit hyperactive. So um, I do have a lot of energy. That being said, uh, as much as I love people, that I'm extremely social, um, I do take little moments to really recharge uh, and have some me time and have some moments where i'm just alone where i'm able to just take a bat go for a run and listen to a podcast uh to just kind of disconnect sometimes it can also just be looking uh at like a series um on a whole other topic that i wouldn't normally touch on my day-to-day uh basis so yeah, I do make sure to balance um, on the the evenings and the weekends uh, to be sure that I'm able to take my my full self to uh, to work and to be able to fully contribute to the mission that we're, uh, we're we're looking to accomplish.
0: You just reminded me how much I miss and love baths. They are such a simple pleasure, but also so luxurious. If you can take baths, yes, they are. Phenomenal, thank you for reminding me that that is an option. It's like, I forgot about that for some reason. Um, So switching gears a little bit, what do you look forward to the most every day? Like what lights you up?
1: First thing in the morning, definitely a good cup of coffee. I love coffee. Um, So that's definitely the thing that will get me out of uh, bed. Um, I'm way more a night owl than a morning person. That being said, uh, what really gets me going afterwards is basically all the challenges and kind of knowing that we're on a mission to accomplish something that's way bigger than ourselves. So building one block after another and also the excitement of being on that journey as an entrepreneur where you kind of know what you're getting into, but you don't really know what you're getting into and it's. Definitely a roller coaster in the sense that you have days that are absolutely incredible. It's one great news after another. And then there's other days where basically at 11 a.m. you're like, well, I think we could call it a day because it's just been bad news or problems one after the other. And you're kind of, wow, I'm already exhausted. And can we just shut this, close this day and uh, start over? Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, it kind of, it kind of (laughs) depends.
0: I think we need to normalize having to step away for a moment when we get those dumpster fire mornings, we all get them, let's be honest. And I, I think if we could just make it okay, let's normalize it. Okay. Let's normalize stepping away from the work or the task or the screen at hand, just to resource for a moment, because let me tell you, those moments happen. And I think we always feel compelled just to stick with it, but no, just breathe, step away. <laughs>
1: but I actually I, I had an appointment with another entrepreneur the other day. And when I called her, she literally told me, you know what, I'm about to get in a bat. And it was like mid afternoon. I was like, she was like, I really need a bat now. It's not, I, I've had such a, a dumpster fire day that I need to recharge.
0: Whoa, and good for her.
1: Initially I was like, whoa, oh, okay. But then I was like, this is such a good idea and way to go girl. And you know what? I'm probably gonna imitate you uh, <laughs> next time I have uh, one of those, uh, of those days. So plus one for the baths.
0: <laughs> yes. Plus one for baths and also plus 1,000 for giving yourself permission to do that. So kudos whoever you are out there, good job. And we're all taking notes. So Lara, I need to know, we all want to know where can everyone find you and, you know, find out about the really important work that you're doing.
1: So you can find Iris and Arlo at irisarlo.com. And we're obviously on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and pretty much all the other social media platforms. If you want to follow um, Nordet & Co, my strategy, design and marketing firm, it's nordais, N-O-R-D-E-T dot co. Uh, we're also obviously on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn, and you can find myself at LaraEman.com.
0: Thank you for that. And also because winters are long here in Montreal, can we just have a little dose of optimism? What are you most excited for? Like, what are you looking forward to in the next days, months, hours?
1: Definitely the response to our crowdfunding campaign uh, that is ongoing, uh, that we just launched on La Ruche. So, it's a major campaign. We're looking to raise $150,000 that's going to allow us to kick off manufacturing and bring sustainable, healthy, and design period care products. Um, And what I'm most looking forward to is the response from not just women or people with period, but basically everybody. Um, Our goal is definitely to make periods something that isn't taboo anymore. So uh, if you're able to just do a little contribution, on the, uh, for the campaign or even just to share the campaign that would be highly appreciated and definitely a step forward to making periods just something
0: plain normal thank you lara so tell me you mentioned Ruche. where specifically can people find your campaign
1: yes uh, so basically they can go on laruchequebec.com so that's l-a-r-u-c-h-e quebec Q-E-Q-U, pardon me, dot com, and they can simply uh, search for Iris and Arlo, um, and they're gonna be able to find our campaign, or you can go to any social media platform, Iris and uh, Arlo, and you're gonna find uh, the links to our campaign. And basically, people can pre-order uh, different products that we're gonna be offering, the single-use, Uh, products such as tampons, pad, uh, liners that are made from biologic but also biodegradable um, materials and we're also going to be offering our reusable line with menstrual cups as well as amazing period underwear.
0: Awesome. Lara, thank you so much. I am truly blown away by the work that you're doing. Please come back anytime and I genuinely thank you for your time on the podcast today.
1: Thank you very, very much, Alexandra, for the invitation. And I look forward to uh, meeting you again.
0: A special thank you to Lara Emmon once again for being on the Anxious Millennial and on International Women's Day. Please don't forget to check out the crowdfunding link. It's in my bio on Instagram. It's Iris and Arlo. And thank you, Lara, again for being on. We hope you enjoyed this. Let's remove the taboos around this subject and keep the conversation going. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you once again to my listeners for tuning in and I will talk to you soon. Be well. Happy International Women's Day. Bye.